0: Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Vetches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. But I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having
1: and Emily Lubin.
0: Remember, shoot like you have a secret. We're here to amuse
1: your bouche.
0: Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm
1: Emily. And I'm Remy. And today we are joined by a very exciting guest, the Dancing with the Stars pro and former So You Think You Can Dance contestant, Lindsay Arnold Cusick.
0: Welcome, Lindsay.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you guys today. Thanks for having
0: me. Oh my God. We're so, so pumped. I'm so excited to have you Um I truly, I, I had never watched So You Think You Can Dance, but I was talking to some of the ladies here, some of the Betches, and there love are some it. real stands here. Yeah. Oh, we love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. And a lot of them remembered you from your season and talked about how great you were. And yeah, so just know you have plenty of fans here at Betches. Oh, yeah. Um, and when they're
2: when they're So You Think You Can Dance fans, I know
0: they're true fans, because that was like 10 years ago,
2: yeah, literally. years ago for me. So I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Good fans there.
1: <laughs> and that means that they've seen you do many, many types of dance. So they're like, yes, they're very well versed in you. But for those who aren't familiar, can you talk about your background and career journey getting into dancing?
2: Yes. Okay. So I mean, my dancing career started when I was like three years old, because that's mm-hmm. when I got put in a dance class, yep. um, which I feel like that's what most like I feel like if girls are going to dance, the kids put them in when they're really young. And oh, it's not yeah. like super serious. I got plopped fun. in it
0: too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen dance moms. So I know the whole procedure. You know the drill.
2: Mm-hmm. I am currently, I put in my, my daughters too, and she's in dance as well. So I am actually now a dance mom, which I will hopefully not ever be a crazy dance that mom. Type, I yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so started back when I was three. It's kind of weird though, because like, it's weird how everything evolved because neither one of my parents were dancers. Um, Like it just... My parents were just like, you were a very active child and we put you in everything. They put me in dance. They put me in soccer. They put me in all the things, but dance was the only one that actually genuinely worked. Mm-hmm. I was terrible at soccer. Um, my parents tried to do that for a couple of years and they just never stuck, but dance stuck. And kept doing it throughout the years. I loved it so much. It wasn't until I was like eight years old where things started to get like competitive for me. That's where I got a ballroom partner, was going to conventions and competitions every other weekend. Like that's where I feel like it started, which is crazy because eight, you think that's pretty young, but in the dance world, that's kind of when things like That's when you start getting really, really into it. That's wild. Did that all, I know it is wild. It's crazy. It was kind of just though, like, I mean, it's all I ever knew. Were there enough boys to go
1: around though for partnering?
2: So actually so funny that you asked that because a lot of people, I don't really talk about this often, but no, especially like, I feel like when like my age group is when we started to really kind of start to pull in a lot more boys to dance. And this is Mm. because shows like, so you think you can dance really popular. Dancing with the stars were popular. And I feel like boys were starting to be like, Hey, like, actually really cool. I want to yeah, do that. Yeah. But it's funny you ask because when I started wanting to do ballroom, um, I remember it was because I saw all the older girls at my studio dancing with boys and I was like, I want to do that. But there wasn't any options for me. And my mom fully recruited like a neighborhood boy to come and <laughs> dance with me. Was <laughs> like, you should have your son come do dance lessons with my daughter. And it worked out and it was great. But like, That's amazing. She, like, she recruited a little, a little boy to be my partner, but it was great. It was so much fun. And I actually don't think he still is not dancing. So it didn't last very long for him, but it was fun while it lasted. (laughs) And then I ended up having multiple partners. Like I had so many different dance partners growing up and didn't really land on like my solid, like consistent partner until I was about 14 or 15. And that's when things got really crazy for me. And I feel like this is what kind of led me into the dance world professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, Started competing specifically in ballroom, but still doing all other styles. But this is when I started training with some of like the top coaches in the world, the ones that kind of had like the relationships and kind of got me in front of the, the right faces, sure. I guess you would say, which didn't really come into hand until later. But so you think you can dance. If you guys know it's a show that you audition for, it's open call auditions, literally anybody. It's can amazing.
1: Go. You guys watch it. It's so good. It's so
2: good. And it's evergreen. I,
1: I, like the dancing yes. is always great.
2: Well, it's like, it just proves that like, there's no shortage of good dancers out mm-hmm. there. Like there really, really isn't, which is pretty cool. And it was such a cool place for us to be able to like, showcase ourselves because like I said like anyone could audition so the auditions rolled through Salt Lake City this is my senior year of high school you had to be 18 to audition and I just turned 18 so it was kind of like perfect timing but I of course was like there's no way I'm doing that like I'm not going to make it I'm not going to go embarrass myself I don't want to tell all my friends I'm auditioning yeah and then have to be like oh I got cut so I Ugh. did not want to do it at all And my mom, who is truly the hero of all the stories, she (laughs) was like, no, you're going like, I'm taking you. You're going. I don't care. I'm not going to like she's like, I remember her being like, we're not investing all this time into your dance life. If you're not going to even try to, like, see what could happen with it. So she drove me to the audition. I was like, not into it, made it through the first round. But then of course, I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna make it go to Vegas week, which they don't do Vegas week anymore, which is really sad. But Mm -hmm. that was like the OG Vegas week, you go there for a week, they like do cuts every single day, you're up all day, you're never sleeping. It's Crazy. But every single cut, I'm like, oh, I'll get cut next time. I'll get cut next time. Then it was towards the end where I was like, wait a second. Like I might actually not get cut. Like (laughs) I actually might be able to make this thing. So Ended up making it on the live show, which was the top twenty. So there's ten girls, ten guys. And then yeah, graduated high school in May, moved out to LA in June to do So You Think You Can Dance. Insane. Um, made it to the top eight and then went on tour with them and then I mean sorry, I'm just insane. like rambling, rambling. No, but, no, but I that mean just, that's literally
1: how it happened.
2: Yes, it was pretty crazy. Like I, I feel very blessed that things just happened fast. Like I feel like I didn't have enough time to doubt myself or think about like what was actually happening because mm-hmm. it was just like Go 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 go! Mm-hmm. But I will say it was like I did so. You think you can dance? And in my mind, I was kind of like, sweet, I made it. Like this is it. I'm probably gonna like now. Like, what do I want to do next? Like, okay, I need to go home and go to college because I kind of thought that was like the peak of what I could do with my dance career. Right. Um, I actually was enrolled to like go to college. I was signing up for classes. I had like a full ride academic scholarship, and I was like, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, and then Holy so you think was, like. Yeah, that's such it's a
1: crazy. that's such a big dis- I was going to ask, like, because I feel like even if you don't go pro, like the, that amount of dancing a day, it takes away yeah. a lot from your studies. And then there's always that inevitable question, like, are you going to go to college? Like, which one's more important, like your education or your dance career?
2: Yeah. And it's huge. Cause like, there's no guarantee. It's like, you're investing. Cause for me, I invested just as much time into dance. if not more as I did into like my school. 100%. Like I was in yeah. as many hours of dance as I was in school. And for some people it's like you finish high school and then that's it. And you're done with dance and it was great for you. It gave you some good, like things to learn about life and they don't really, you don't really go anywhere with it or maybe you do. And yeah, it was that it was, I had college was kind of like my backup plan. But it was also very much something that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to be doing that next. And like the next couple months, I'll be in college in the next couple months. And mm-hmm. things just kept kind of happening for me. Um, so finish. So you think you can dance in the summer? And then they're like, we want you to come on tour. So I was like, OK, cool. I'll go to um, I'll go to college in the spring. Like I just like pushed it back. And then while I was on tour, I got contacted by Dance with the Stars producers. And they're like, we are interested in you for next season, but we wow. won't know until a certain date. Yeah, A lot of people don't know this, but on Dance with the Stars, you don't find out if they're going to use you for that season until literally like a week before
1: rehearsal <gasps> start. No it's way. That. Yes. And so you just have not- to stay, p- stay in like perfect dancing shape regardless.
2: Yes. And you just have to like Whoa. be available. Like you're just like, okay, oh are they going to use me? Are they not? So they told me they were interested in me, but we're like, we can't give you a like solid answer. And I remember moving back home after tour and just kind of being like, okay, like I'll probably start college soon. Like we'll see what happens with dance with the stars, but I don't really know. I get the call. And they were like, we have a celebrity for you this season and we need you in L.A. tomorrow. Um, I was living in Utah. Mm-hmm. I had no apartment in L.A. I had nothing there, like nowhere to just go and packed up my bags and drove my car to L.A. the next day to start my first season of Dancing with the Stars. So what? very whirlwind of how, like, everything kind of just happened.
1: Where did you stay? But-
2: they actually, luckily, they're like, we will get you an apartment. Oh my god! Thank God! Locals. Okay. So, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, ah, I just left in my car, which <laughs> yeah. I, would have done. I would have freaking done it. Like, that's the thing. I would have been like, I'll do anything because mm-hmm. this is like the dream. This is what, as dancers, you want to do. So it's it's funny how looking back, like, yeah, I would have been like, okay, I was in my car. We'll figure it out. It's fine. But, <laughs> but, but yeah. So got an apartment out there, but it was pretty crazy how everything kind of. Well, it, together. it
0: sounds like you were such a realist throughout that whole process. Like, it sounds like at every turn you were like, yeah, it's, I mean, it would be great if this happens, but it probably won't. And then yes. you just kept being surprised <laughs> over mm-hmm. and over.
2: I am grateful for that because I feel like if I had, I mean, there's part of me that's like mad at myself for not like believing that those things could happen for me. But at the same time, I think it was helpful because this and that industry is just so up and down. You really mm-hmm. never know. So I think it's good to be prepared for maybe the worst at this at time so kind of like both both points there
0: yeah do do you think after being on tv you started to build confidence in your talent a little bit more like because it sounds like when you went in you thought there's so many good people it doesn't even matter if i'm good there's going to be am? someone yeah. better
2: totally i think that is such that is totally the mindset i was just very much like there's no shortage of good dancers. So why me? Like, why would it be me? And I think it was it took a couple seasons on Dancing with the Stars for me to really like gain my confidence and who I was as a dancer, choreographer, performer, TV personality, like, it, it really took me some time. And I think that's natural. I think like, naturally, people gain their confidence over time more. But I wouldn't say I went into it like knowing like, Oh, I'm a star, like, I'm gonna <laughs> like kill it. Like, I'm gonna do so good. I'm gonna be on TV. Like, that wasn't really my mindset. And not that it ever got to that point. Like, I'm definitely not going to call myself a star ever because that's just not me. But we'll do it, it for you. Me. You're a star. <laughs> You're nice. You're yeah. very nice. But it took some time. Like, it really did. It took some time of, like, being good at my job, being told maybe I wasn't that good, being asked for better, like, having people doubt me. And it took a lot of those experiences to really, like, come into my own, I would say, which I'm grateful for. Looking back, they it sucked in the moment. But, like, I'm grateful for that because I feel like it helped me come out more confident in who i was as a person
0: yeah Mm -hmm. did you get starstruck working with any celebrities on that show
2: okay so i don't want to say like i didn't think that it was really cool and i wasn't like this is awesome but i will say i didn't really get starstruck i don't know if it was because like you're kind of just thrown into it and like it would almost be really weird and inappropriate (laughs) to be starstruck so like i feel like i had to just be like this is normal and you're the pro
1: like you have to to be teaching them
2: you have to be the one who's like put together and poised. But there were definitely moments where I was like, I can't believe this is happening. In fact, that was like, a constant, like just in the back of my mind being like, I can't believe this is life. I can't believe this is what I'm doing. But then having to like hold it together and be composed because it would be super weird if I was just like, oh my gosh. But there were times <laughs> where I definitely wanted to be like that. On the yeah. inside,
0: you probably were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the inside,
2: I'm like freaking out, but on the outside, I tried to play it really cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you said that you weren't great at soccer growing up just because, and I was going to ask you this question. I don't know about now, but Um, In the beginning of Dancing with the Stars, I remember there were a handful of athletes who won that competition. And I remember thinking, huh, well, that makes sense because they're physical and they know how to move their body and they have good footwork and whatever. Like, Do you think that certain skill sets that you have as an athlete do apply to dancing? yes
2: absolutely like I think coordination is huge but then like you said it's like for me it didn't really cross over to soccer my problem with soccer was I'd be goalie and I'd literally be like bored. distracted and I'd get tangled up <laughs> in the net yeah and then I'd be like oh crap the ball's coming so I think for me it was just like yeah it's bored like yeah. I was like this is not enough stimulation and it's not very me. pretty
1: there's yes, no music yes, I yeah
2: I'm not wearing a costume my hair is not in like some like cute princess bun so I think that was the problem but you're so right it's like On Dancing with the Stars, it's very cool because the athlete definitely can cross over. But it's funny because it doesn't always cross over in the ways that are like beneficial. I would say athleticism and coordination and like stamina is huge because that's so much part of dancing. But it's funny because I've had a lot of different athlete partners. Some of them can't count music to save their life, like literally Mm -hmm. cannot hear a beat in a music. And some of them can. Um, some of them can really remember choreography very well. Some of them can't. So it's like, I think that the athleticism definitely helps with part of the process, but then it's so crazy because there's so many other aspects that they have to be able to like comprehend to do the show. Yeah. So it's funny, but I do think like as in a general consensus, like when you're on the show and you're a pro and you get someone who's an athlete, you're kind of excited. Cause you're like, okay, well, at least I know they're coordinated. They can like move their bodies and they're in tune with how their bodies work. So that's definitely a helpful thing.
1: And they're used to pushing through things when they don't necessarily yes. work out the first time.
2: Huge. That is such a good thing I forgot about. Like pushing through perseverance and also like being coachable. Mm-hmm. Like they're if they're an athlete, they've had a coach. They've had somebody yell at them. They've yeah. had somebody tell them they're doing something wrong or encourage that's them. Or it's actually their better. comfort is someone Yeah. <laughs> exactly. At them. No, it's so true. And it's so nice because then you kind of like you don't have to work as hard to like get that relationship down. Because for somebody who's not an athlete, for somebody who's never had a coach or somebody tell them what to do, that's something that you kind of have to like, you have to work through and You have to figure out when you're their partner and their professional like coach. Yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly Subscription Clothing Rental. Change your clothes.
1: I'm Betcha's co-founder, Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. We've talked about this. I grew up dancing as well. And I, one of the things that I didn't love that coaches or instructors would say would be to lose weight. Were you ever told that by coaches and how have you felt about your body as a dancer?
2: Okay, huge, huge thing. And I've talked about this a lot because as you say, like in the dance world, it can be a huge topic of conversation, a huge thing that people handle improperly. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very, very grateful that I did not have a coach ever say that to me. And I'm lucky because I think that I had these like unicorn coaches who actually never said that, at least to Mm -hmm. my knowledge, to anybody that I grew up dancing with. I will say though, that sometimes you don't even need a coach to say it. I feel like it's also very much the environment. Mm -hmm. It's very much being around other girls, standing in front of a mirror all day long Mm -hmm. in fitted clothing, um, doing things that require a certain energy level like I feel like it's like kind of the mentality that even though I didn't necessarily have coaches which I'm so grateful for and I'm sorry if a coach said that to you like that makes me that breaks my heart it's okay it's it's awful (laughs) yeah it is absolutely terrible Mm -hmm. and it makes me so sad that so many people have had that experience especially at the ages that is like you're just so impressionable Mm -hmm. but I think dance as a whole can be a very um like it can just be a space where that is on top of your mind. So I will, not, I will say like, even though I didn't have somebody tell me to lose weight, that was very much something that I was aware it of was in the air. all growing up. Yeah. It was in the air. It was something that I was aware of. I was aware when I was bloated, I was aware when I had put on a couple of pounds, like, I feel like there's people who go through their whole lives, or at least through their teenage lives. And that's not something that they're constantly thinking about. And as a dancer, that was that was something I was thinking about that was, Oh, my costume isn't fitting me very good this week. Why is it because I'm is it because I'm fat? Is it because I gained weight? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, there's just so many things that you think about. And especially going into a career in television, I feel like yeah. I'm feel like i grateful that when I was younger, it wasn't as apparent as it was for me when I got older. When I was now on television and I was there for the whole world to see and for the whole world to comment on every little thing that they noticed mm-hmm. about my body, about my appearance, about the way I look, the way I talk. Like, that's where I feel like it became a lot more apparent for me.
0: For sure. That must have been tough.
2: It is tough. It really is.
0: Yeah. Well, dance has that performance aspect. So I get what you're saying because you really you do need to think about how your body looks at any given moment during the performance. Like it's part of the whole thing. Did you ever feel like instructors played favorites or did you ever suspect that maybe some people were getting certain parts or solos based on? their appearance or because again, Mm. this is something that I see on dance moms and I'm like, is this real? Does this really happen?
2: So yes, Um, actually it's very interesting. This didn't really, I don't really have an example from my childhood. Um, I don't know if it's because I didn't pay attention or whatnot, but going out to LA, um, there was always like off space in between the seasons of dancing with the stars. And there were about two years where I actually stayed in LA and like did the whole audition every day dancer thing. Like, working 24-7, living in LA 24-7, which I actually don't do that anymore. And I haven't done that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that time, I had the craziest experiences at auditions. Like I remember my very, very first audition and I kind of had heard things like this, but I didn't really think that it was like actually a thing. Or I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it was probably like a one-off. Like that'll never happen. But I walk into the audition before we even start dancing. Like we don't learn a, a single dance step. We get put in a line, and the producers of this job are there, and they literally looked at us and went through and made a cut based (gasps) off of just us, the way we look.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Yes, yeah. They didn't tell us what it was. They weren't like, we're looking for skinny, short people. Like, they didn't say that. But at the same time, they're still looking at us (laughs) and they're cutting people based off of that. And I remember just being like, no, like, are you serious? We're not even going to dance first. Like it's truly, which I mean, that's how it goes. A lot of times in the dance world, in the professional dance world, they're not necessarily looking for talent. They're looking for a look. They're looking for a specific niche. They're yeah. looking for something. And that can be really, really frustrating. I was going to say really, so really...
1: frustrating for somebody who's worked so hard. I've been watching um, Dancing Queens on Bravo. And there's that one woman, Donnie, who is she's oh, her, her whole storyline is she's like the best dancer ever. But because her body is a little bigger than all the other women. She never places, or so far.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. I just feel like it's so sad because you feel like the world has come so far and we've come so, like, we're doing so much better with, like, body image, but then there's still, it still is a thing. And I think it always will be. Yeah. But yeah, that was, like, the craziest moment for me, just going, and then it was, like, they made their cut based off of whatever their look was they were looking for, and then we danced. But it was so frustrating, and moving forward, like, very very discouraging because there's part of you that's like well then why do I even try to improve my talent why Mm -hmm. do I even try to better myself as a dancer if it really doesn't matter but I think that's what's important is like understanding that like those things are out of your control and I had to really understand like that's out of my control the best thing I can do for myself is better myself as a dancer and make sure I'm prepared for whatever opportunity comes my way but it was a very discouraging moment but then also Mm -hmm. kind of takes out a little bit of pressure and understanding that like there's only so much you can do. So don't let right. it become personal. Don't let it offend you. I mean, it can offend you. And I think that it definitely does. But don't let it like discourage you because at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do. Work on yourself, stay focused, and the right opportunity will come your way. So and a, as much as it was frustrating, it also, I feel like really did like encourage me and help me through a lot of times where it's like, why didn't I get that job? Why didn't this happen? And understanding like, there's only so much I can do. Don't focus on the why and more just,
1: okay, let's move forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you have to have that mentality when you're auditioning for anything. It's the same with acting 100%. or you singing yes. anything.
1: Or even like going out on on job interviews, you know? Mm. It's like totally. interviewing for jobs is a full-time job and you just have to accept that most of them are going to reject you and you're only supposed to end up in one place and Yes. I think for dance too, like besides auditioning and stuff, you're probably also doing it from a place of joy.
2: Yes. And a place yeah. of
1: like fitness. Yes. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Like you love it. And like, I think that's, that was one of the biggest and best lessons I learned is go about your career, about your life, whatever it is, and be yourself 100% and do the absolute best you can. And the rest is out of your hands. The right job, the right opportunity will come your way. And if you like if you feel like you have to be a different person or change yourself to get a specific opportunity, then that's not it's probably the not the right one for you. Yeah, exactly. So I just feel like that was such a good guiding thing for me in my career with dance is go about it being myself. And if I book the gig because they want me for me, then that's way better than pretending to something I'm not stressing and trying to be something I'm not and getting a job that's not really meant for me.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, we have been talking about dance a little bit because we've done some dance classes. We like to try out different workout classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was so, so nervous about going into a class with people hitting their marks and, you know, throwing their bodies around elegantly. And I just look like a chicken with its head cut off when I try to dance. And <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to ask you, do you have any tips for adults who maybe like they're a- attracted to the idea of dancing and maybe they like to dance alone in their apartment and they would like to take a dance class, but they're kind of nervous about starting out in an adult dance class?
2: Okay, here's something that I have learned as I've gotten older and I feel like it's so beneficial and I wish I knew this when I was younger. Going into something and being nervous about how you're going to look or nervous if you're going to be able to do it, and like really being so honed in on what other people think about you. I think the biggest thing I've learned as I've gotten older is that we honestly give ourselves more credit thinking that so many people are concerned about how we look or what we're doing. Mm, And 90% of the time, they're not even thinking about you or they care so
1: little. Yeah. Yeah. They're counting the
2: beats. Yes, they're worried about themselves. They're doing their own class. They probably have their own insecurities and I feel like that's been such a helpful mentality for me when going into something new is understanding that 90% of the people around me are probably in the same position as me, worried about how they look, worried if they're going to be able to keep up, worried how they're going to like do the thing. So just know that and don't be so stressed about what other people are thinking about you. So just do it. Like I think just do it, go for it and know that like for me, moving my body and dancing has never been I mean, yes. Okay. I don't want to lie. It has been about how I look and how well I do at it because it's my career. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the thing that I love the most about it is the way that it makes me feel. And when I focus on that, I am so much more, I'm so much happier. I enjoy the process so much more. So I would just say like, first of all, go for it. Don't be concerned about what other people are thinking about you or about the way that you look and focus more on how it makes you feel. I think movement in general is just so beneficial. And if we can get past that whole like, oh, I don't think I'm very good at it or I'm nervous about doing it. If we can get past that, you're going to be giving your body and your mind and your physical everything, just so many benefits. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's really important to push past those like insecurities that we all have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. I mean, strictly as a form of exercise, do you think that dancing offers something that other forms of movement like just to name a few, like weightlifting or hit or running. running. Yeah. Like, do you think that dancing specifically can give you something that you can't get with those other workouts? A hundred percent. I mean, there are
2: so many things about dancing that I think transfer over to like physical fitness. Not only are you moving your body, but for me, I love it because you're not just moving your body. You're also having fun. Your mm-hmm. mind is focused on something like I love dance cardio based workouts because your mind is so focused on the movements on maintaining like posture on remembering choreography that you're forgetting that you're also like doing this crazy kick butt mm-hmm. cardio workout. And I love that you finish it and you're like, I'm freaking sweating. But like, I didn't feel like I was sweating as hard as I was where a hit workout. Sometimes you are so focused on how hard the process is that it makes it even harder it's almost like a distraction method and then also i feel like there's such a sense of accomplishment i mean i don't know if you guys have ever done like a dance cardio workout or something where it's like you have to kind of follow along and keep up and the accomplishment and like the pride that you can get by doing that i think is such a good um mental boost. And I think it
1: encourages you to to keep coming back. Just hitting one move with the rest of the class. You're like, oh my God, we're amazing.
0: That is so true. Yes. You're like, we're in sync. I know it's such
2: an
1: endorphin booster. I'm part of something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That is so true because we tried a a cardio dance workout called 305. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if you've heard of it, Um, but we tried that together. And there was this one move where I I couldn't name any of the specific technique, but it was like uh, traveling across the room and then rotating. So like you're spreading your arms and legs and then (laughs) traveling. And when we did it at the same time, I swear to fucking God, I felt like I was in a girl group. I felt like I was in Dream. Yeah, you remember Dream?
1: (laughs) Yes,
2: yes. Um, I love that. I love that. Dream
0: is the reference. That's amazing. I think about Dream every day.
1: As far as training though, like how, how many hours a day are you dancing now? And are you cross training? Like, do you do any running or weightlifting or that stuff?
2: So, okay. I don't really, I'm currently, literally today, six weeks postpartum, which Mm -hmm. is so exciting. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so happy because I've been pretty um, stagnant for the past little bit and I'm kind of going crazy. Mm -hmm. It is a good reminder to me of like how much moving my body affects my whole entire life. And I miss it. I crave it. So I'm very excited. I don't train consistently in dancing anymore. Um, I haven't really, I mean, when I'm on dancing with the stars, I'm training. I mean, we're training hours and hours a day, but since becoming a mom, I don't have like a consistent dance schedule, if that makes sense. But I do still move my body and I'm, I love the things that I've been able to incorporate. And I have incorporated dance into like my everyday fitness routine. But then I also do a lot of other things. I'm, I would say I'm very much cross-trained right now. Um, dancing, dance cardio. I love some HIIT workouts. I don't do a ton of heavy, heavy weight lifting, but I do incorporate weights into my um, mm-hmm. workout routine. I'm not a runner, but I love to ride my bike. So whether that's a cycle class uh. or like hopping on my bike outside and going on a trail. Um, so that's kind of what I keep up with, but also really love Pilates-based, Pilates-based workouts. They're very like low impact, yeah. mm-hmm. very like soft on my body, but so like super effective. So I've kind of got all of the things, which I'm very excited about because it keeps me, I don't know, it keeps me like entertained when it's very different and I'm trying new things every single yeah, day. Yeah,
1: you have to diversify your exercise portfolio.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Were you working
0: out during your pregnancy?
2: Yes. So I actually, um, this is my second pregnancy. So during my first pregnancy was actually where I feel like I really started kind of like my fitness journey. Mm -hmm. Um, this is where I, not that I wasn't doing anything before, but it was interesting because before getting pregnant for the first time, dance was my whole entire life. I was, if I wasn't on dancing with the stars during the season, I was on a 60 city tour where we were dancing every single night Mm -hmm. training, doing all the things. Needless to say, I was very, very active and didn't really, I went to the gym a little bit, but like, I didn't really need a separate workout situation because dance was my whole life. I get pregnant. Um, It's also the start of COVID. So I'm not able to go to the gym and I know that I'm not going to be dancing for Mm -hmm. a minute. (laughs) I'm not going to be doing Dancing with the Stars. I'm not going to be going on tour. So this is where I had to really like branch out and be like, what do I what do I like to do? How do I want to move my body? What do I want to do with it? Um, and this is actually when I started my workout program, the Movement Club. It was like such a crazy time for me because my body was changing. Um, I was literally gaining weight every single day with my pregnancy, as you should. But it yeah. was a weird time for me. My body was slowing down. I didn't. I wasn't able to do all the things that I was used to being able to do. And looking in the mirror, physically, I was just changing. Like mm-hmm. abs disappearing everything getting bigger. And I don't want to say that it was like scary because I was like sad about the changes. I was so beyond excited to be pregnant and every change was so magical and beautiful, but it was scary because it was such like up until this point, my body was my profession. It wasn't just my passion. Like moving my body wasn't just something I liked to do. Mm -hmm. It was also something like I had to do to provide for myself and my family. And it never was something that like I hated doing. I don't want to say had to do it because that sounds like I didn't like it. Yeah. But it was very much like my tool. It was my tool for working, for making money, yes. for having a career. And now all of a sudden, this tool is not able to do the things that it needed to do. And so it was a big mind shift. It's getting for me bent of out of my... shape
1: to make room for another little tool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. I was making another miniature tool, a mini tool of yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So it was such a strange time for me. And it was this shift of going, my body is a tool. My body is my profession. My body needs to be in shape. I need to be able to do this, 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 and this, and this To My body is creating life and I move my body now because it makes me feel good. And I remember searching the internet, trying to find programs I could follow along with workout programs and just not really feeling like there was something that fit what I needed I wanted encouragement, but I didn't want a pregnancy program that was like, Oh, you can't do this, this and this. I wanted to still be pushed. I wanted to like mm-hmm. have the balance and be able to be flexible. I mean, there were days in my pregnancy where I couldn't move more than five minutes and then days where I'm like, let's do it. Let's do a full workout. And I shouldn't feel like there was a program that fit that. And I, in my mind, I was like, I I'm guessing there's other people that feel this way. I don't know, but I think there is. So Let's create a program that works for everybody, whatever stage of life we're in. And that's where I really started to dive into like what I actually liked to do with my body. And this program was awesome because we have I started creating dance cardio workouts, really incorporating Mm -hmm. like my roots, but then also discovering my love for Pilates based workouts, um, especially during pregnancy, because very low impact. Yeah, it's a great workout for
0: for pregnant women. I always notice pregnant women at the Pilates classes. Well, yes, (laughs) everyone can enjoy Pilates. Of course. But I always notice that at bar and at Pilates, there's like a gang of pregnant women. (laughs) Like they fucking love it. Well,
2: it's good because it's something that I feel like you can really do on those low energy days. But then you also can do them on the high energy days. Like I feel like it's a nice workout where you can really give as much as you need to it and still walk out feeling like you accomplished something and feeling like it was effective. And I think I learned throughout my pregnancy and also after like in the postpartum, my first session of postpartum, I learned so much how you don't have to go to the gym and kill yourself for two hours to see results and to have it be effective. And that's something that was like huge with my program and something that I meant that I felt was really important was like, Sometimes less is more when it comes to the gym and when it comes to working out and giving yourself unattainable goals of working out at the gym an hour and a half, two hours every single day is sometimes more discouraging and less effective than saying, I'm just going to move my body for any amount of time today, whether it's five minutes, 30 minutes, and I know it's going to be effective and it's worthwhile. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it was really cool. I feel like I learned the most about my body and the most about fitness and like what I like to do while I was pregnant, which is really interesting because- yeah. I feel like that's not always the case, but I really just found a new love for moving my body because again, it wasn't about a job. It wasn't about how I looked. It was just about how it made me feel and how it got me through the day and helped me with my stress, helped me with my nausea while pregnant. Like it really did help me in so many ways.
1: And Movement Club, all of the workouts are 30 minutes or less.
2: Yeah, everything in the workout program is 30 (laughs) minutes or less. Yes, I love it too. Because here's the thing. If you have five minutes, great. I mean, we have five minute workouts, 10 minute workouts, 12, 15, 25, 30. And what I love to do is if I have 30 minutes, I'll do it. And then at the end, I'm like, I want to stack on another one, I can stack on another one. Or Mm -hmm. I can feel great about those 30 minutes. Or I can just do a 10 minute workout. And as a mom, like, it's so important that I give myself realistic goals. And I feel like having a flexible program that really can meet you wherever you are, and can be done anywhere, and can really fit into any like time frame that you have. I feel like that's such a good and encouraging way for me to go about my fitness. And I, I'm, so far, my members have just absolutely loved it as well. Amazing.
0: That's great. I, I'm so happy that you brought that up because I, I really think that a lot of people are discouraged from working out because they think they need to be doing at least an hour. Yes. And yeah. so many more people would be getting more movement in if they didn't feel so um, constricted in that way.
2: Absolutely. And it's that's what is so I've learned so much about creating this program, but also like I really hope to relay in the program is that truly anything that you can do in your day is better than nothing. And for me, it's more about consistency and drive. Like I want the driving force of moving your body not to be because about what's on the scale or how you look, but about how it improves your day. How maybe waking up five minutes early and getting in a quick little five minute arm sculpt workout how that improves your day and how you feel throughout the day. Now, if you have 30 minutes to do a full workout, awesome. That's great too. But I think just shifting the mindset from what's on the scale, how we look and hitting some certain like fitness goal every single day, more about let me do something for myself, whether it's five minutes, 30 minutes and let myself feel like accomplished. And like, I really like gave myself that time.
1: Yeah. And you know what people don't think about, but, and I used to get made fun of a lot for how much I bring up TikTok on this, but I don't care. The great thing I think about TikTok dances is if you're in your room and you want to learn a dance and you dedicate you half an hour to it, not only can you learn the dance, but you will be sweating. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Like It really is good for that. And You don't have to post it. It doesn't have to be for anybody else. It's just like, OK, here's free choreography for you that, like, you know, will look cool in the end and like gets you like a little movement.
2: It's so true. It's like And yeah. And I love that because in the program, we have some videos that like you can learn a chunk of choreography, but then also there's that like dance cardio where you just follow along. Yeah. But literally, like you said, it's like any time you can give yourself to move your body is going to feel good. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can do it in your home. And that was also something that was important to me as I'm like, I need these workouts to be Something that you can do at anywhere, home, anywhere. Yeah, no equipment needed. Because it's it sucks when you join a program and like this one workout that you're doing. They're like, okay, now grab your fifty pound dumbbells, and you're like, well, <laughs> who has those at your house? Like, who has a grab your fifty, a, 50 pound child? <laughs> yes, I know. First, you it, know, sometimes
0: was, they say like you can grab a can of fish, or and like, you're like, like, I don't have that either. Milk. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know, it's so true. So that was important to me too. Is like literally meeting people where they're at, like. No pressure, no requirements, just move your body, find a space literally anywhere in your home, wherever you are, and just move your body and just focus on that instead of like all these crazy details. And like you said, it's like working out can be very, very discouraging. And I feel like it becomes, it comes into play when people give themselves unrealistic goals and goals that aren't necessary, the whole go to the gym for two hours every single day or run 15 miles this week. Like, I just feel like, yes, those things are great. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have those goals for yourself. But I think when you set those goals, instead of focusing on like, let me just give myself the time that I can and be proud of it. Mm -hmm. That's where I feel like then it pushes you to even go further into your fitness journey, which I love.
1: Yeah. And we have been talking about the pressure of snapping back for moms. Did you feel a big snapback pressure after your pregnancies?
2: So yes and no, I think a lot of pressure came from myself Mm -hmm. and that was something that I really had to learn and had to like experience, um, and go through to improve myself and be better. I think as a dancer, and like I said, as somebody who like my body has been my tool, knowing that after my first pregnancy, I wanted to go back onto dancing with the stars. Like I wanted to get back into it. It definitely did put this pressure on me of like, I have to be perfect. And I'm really glad that I kind of like got rid of that before it became too Mm-hmm. infected inside of me because I had to really give myself grace. And luckily I have awesome people around me who helped me with that. I mean, my husband was huge. He's like, Lindsay, you just created a child inside yeah. of your body. Yeah. You are now not only now you're not even done with that. Like you're now feeding that child from your body. You're waking up all night long to feed that child, to take care of this child, to nurse this child, like give yourself some grace. And mm-hmm. I think that it is so important that a, you have that mentality for yourself, but then also you surround yourself with people who have that mentality as well. Um, Choose to be around the people who encourage you, who remind you of the incredible things that you're doing. But postpartum can be crazy because one day you can feel so good and be like, Oh, I'm looking great. Like, I'm so proud of myself. I have so much going on. I'm handling it so well. And then the next day you can be like, I suck at life. I can't get anything figured out. And I'm not going to say that I have that totally figured out because now we're on my second period of postpartum period. And I'm grateful to say that this time around, I'm not just like more in tune with the postpartum like snapback situation and know how that like how those thoughts can intrude. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I'm actually very confident in where I'm at and understanding like how beautiful it is what we as women can do with our bodies and that we need to give ourselves grace and patience and time. And but then also understanding that like we don't have to wait until we're perfect to do all of these things. Like I feel like part of me too was like I was nervous to work out in my first postpartum stage because I was like, Oh, I'm not ready or like I'm not my abs aren't back yet. I can't do anything. Like I need to wait until I look good and feel perfect. But that's very chicken or the egg. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like it's so true. But I think this time around, understanding that yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be I don't have the best stamina right now, but that's okay. That doesn't mean I shouldn't try. That doesn't mean I can't go for things. Yeah. My leggings don't fit me the way that they did before, but that's fine. I'm still going to wear them. Also with it being summer right now, it's like, I don't have my perfect bikini bod that maybe I had five years ago, but Mm -hmm. I have a body and I'm going to go to the pool and I'm going to get in, I'm going to wear my bikinis. And I think I will say that I think like society and like social media is better is getting better at like embracing it. And I just want to continue pushing that forward. And I think it's important that I do. Like, I think with my platform, it's very important that I show moms and everybody that, like, we don't need to wait to be perfect. We don't need to wait for anything to just be ourselves and enjoy life and go about things the way that we want to.
0: Is there anything that you could do pre-pregnancy that you can't do now, whether it's like I could lift my leg a lot higher or... I pee when I jump now or like, is there anything that that surprised you that you're not able to do anymore?
2: Interesting. So yes, I think that there are a lot of things that like for periods of time you can't do the peeing while jumping has been a consistent. So that has not gone away for me, which is a bummer (laughs) ever since my first pregnancy. Like even, yeah, that's just a thing. I mean, it's crazy that I
0: didn't know that was a thing until very, very recently. But talking to moms, it, it happens to almost everyone.
2: It, it happens and it's a bummer and I mean sneezing you just gotta really <laughs> brace and be prepared for the worst but I will say it's like strength the numbers when you know that like I'm not the only one so I feel like at first it was super scary for me but then as I've gone yeah. through two pregnancies now and I've have a lot of mom friends. I know a lot of moms. It's kind of comforting to know that like it's it, it happens and it happens to everybody. So don't be too stressed about it. I mean I remember I know at my workout class that I go to sometimes like there's literally moms and it's like we look like we peed our pants and like nobody's judging. You're just like good for you. Like, <laughs> there's a puddle of pee going. on the floor. Yeah, literally you're just like you just know to wear black and it's fine. But <laughs> yes, that is one thing that warn your like dance is, partner,
1: like you're like, okay we have a lift. I, I I'm gonna pee on you a little bit.
2: Exactly. <laughs> But seriously, I feel like it's been really cool because so I am a certified personal trainer. I got that certification before I did my whole program. But then Mm -hmm. while I was pregnant, I was like, I decided that I wanted to create well during my first pregnancy, I decided the next time I'm pregnant, I want to start a pregnancy program like a workout program and film it in real time with my pregnancy. So knowing that I wanted to do this with my most recent pregnancy, I got my pre and postnatal certification, which was so beneficial because there were so many things that I thought were just normal about like postpartum and pregnancy that I was like, Oh, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. But with that knowledge, I gained so much like, for example, with my first pregnancy, I feel like most people and the mentality was like, don't do any core work. Don't do any abs. There's it's bad while pregnant. I've heard that before. Yes. So frustrating because now that I have the knowledge that I have, like, I feel like the mentality too was like, there's no point. Like your abs are going to disappear anyway. Why would you even work on them? But it was so cool to gain the knowledge because within my pregnancy program, like actually there was, so much focus, if not more focus on my core than there was before pregnancy. So I feel like actually more like less with your question, like it was less about like what I can't do and actually just learning what you actually can do, mm. despite what I feel like society and like most people know. So with this second pregnancy, like I said, it was like core work was so huge for me. Not not to keep my six pack abs because yes, your abs will separate. That is normal. There are so many things that like are going to change about your abs while you're pregnant, but core work is not about a six pack. It's about keeping that pelvic floor strong, which can help with not peeing. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that this, I'm hoping all the work that I put in while pregnant will really change this postpartum period as I start working out because a lot of that work helps with your pelvic floor strength, helps with your core strength so that when you go into working out again, it's a lot easier to reconnect to your core and I think like, as far as what you can't do is I, I did learn the actual things that you shouldn't do while pregnant and while postpartum. Like I'm excited to get into my fitness journey now, and I'm actually going to be creating a postpartum series for the movement club as well. Mm. We have our pregnancy program out already, which guides people from weeks four through 40 of pregnancy. And it was cool because I filmed it in real time with my own pregnancy. So like
1: in oh, week unreal. 25 of
2: pregnancy, I'm actually yeah. 25 weeks pregnant guiding oh, through the program. Um... So it's really cool, but I'm doing that as well with a postpartum series and I'm excited to get into that and really help moms understand that you don't have to wait for your abs to come back to work on your core. Like that's actually how you get that back and how you stay connected to your core. So it's been cool. Like I think I think pregnancy has forced me to really like understand and dive into what I can and can't do with my body. Mm -hmm. And I think more than not, I've been surprised at what you can do if you do it in a proper and in a safe way. So that's been really cool for me to kind of unlearn from and what's different about my second pregnancy from my first pregnancy.
0: The pelvic floor stuff, that rings very true. I'm pretty sure, I I can't remember where I heard this, but it was from from a pregnant person or a post-pregnant person, but they said that Every new mom should be working on their pelvic floor, whether it's going to physical therapy or doing exercises. Are there any like simple exercises that somebody who is postpartum could do to work on that?
2: Absolutely. So one of my favorite things to do that I did pretty much every single workout in my pregnancy program that I put in my workout program is 360 breath. Now this is something you can do. I love it because you can do literally anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you're going to be, okay. I'm, if I'm explaining it in a way, like we can all do it together. Yeah. Okay. okay. Literally, you can do it anywhere. You can do it seated on the floor in a chair. You can do it standing. You can do it in the car. I love it because it's something you can just do anytime. But if you put your hands on your diaphragm and your stomach, you're going to inhale and let your like instead of inhaling and letting your shoulders come up and doing it into your chest, you're going to breathe into your diaphragm. So you're going to inhale and let your stomach expand into your hands. And then as you exhale now, I'm sorry, we're going to get a little graphic here. We are going to first as we exhale, we are going to push our belly button into our spine. So that is going to engage our core. But then we are going to engage our pelvic floor by imagining that we are scooping up graphic again. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. scooping up a blueberry with our vagina. Okay. Oh, great. Now really, I do that, that every day. That yeah, NBD. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. But it's, that's like the only way I can explain it where it feel like it actually makes sense where it's like, you're scooping up, you're picking up and then you're pulling into your center. Mm-hmm. So while you inhale and then exhale, we pull up from the pelvic floor and push our belly button into our spine. You do this about five or six breaths and you can do it literally anywhere. And that is such an incredible way to not just engage your pelvic floor, but your core at the same time. This is something that I did every single day in pregnancy. I would spend maybe like two to three minutes just working through those breaths. And I have to say, I'm only six weeks postpartum, but I can say that I was able to reconnect with my core so much sooner this pregnancy Mm -hmm. than I did last time. I started doing the 360 breath literally actually while I was in the hospital. So it's great because it's something that you can do, as soon as you're done having your baby, it's not something that requires any movement, but it really does reconnect you with your pelvic floor and your core. So yes, cool. everybody do that at home in your car, wherever you are. It's very, very
1: beneficial. I feel like a lot of people just tried. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: I know. I
1: hope you did. And I hope the
2: blueberry analogy was helpful.
1: Yeah. But also so it was helpful to say
2: like I don't even think you have to be pregnant or postpartum. Like I think pelvic floor strength is so beneficial for just women in general, whether you're going to have kids or not. It's like, it's something that I think is super, super beneficial.
0: Yeah. Yes. We
1: should and all if you're start having any it. pelvic pain, yeah. these might not be for you and go see a pelvic floor doctor or specialist. True.
2: Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes.
1: And sometimes you just pee and it's okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing too, is at this point in life, I'm kind of just like, it's okay. If I sneeze and a little pee comes out, we're just pushing through with the it's day. Just it's even, yeah, it's just pee. It's we sterile. all do it. We all have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask about partnering because you are the the woman half of a partnership. And typically on Dancing with the Stars, it has been male female partners. Yes. How do you teach men to lead? Like when you're Ooh. the one that wants to be leading.
0: Oh, good question. So, yeah, like if they have no yeah. idea what they're doing. Yeah.
2: Okay. You want the honest response? Yeah. Sometimes you don't. Okay. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you can't even get to that because they're just not good enough. <laughs> so
0: then
1: you lead I, but you make it seem like it's them.
2: Yes. Yeah, so he, who wasn't like good most enough? of
1: life. Yeah. Okay. Who wasn't good enough? You <laughs> Here's can tell the thing. us.
2: I would say, I'm going to tell you who I did actually have like genuine time because they were that good to spend and teach them how to lead. And it was so freaking fun. Um, This was Jordan Fisher. He's actually the partner I won with. He was so good. Amazing. He came from like a Broadway background and also was on Disney. So actor, dancer, Mm -hmm. like he had experience. So it was so cool because it was the first partner that I like, he was that good that I was like, oh my gosh, I can teach you how to lead. And that is an interesting thing though. I have to say that was weird for me because- Growing up as a dancer, you're, dance- you're learning stuff for yourself. I didn't have a mm-hmm. teacher that taught me how to teach a man how to lead. Yeah. So it was something that I had to then learn for myself. And it really just came from like, I had to know what I liked to teach him how to give me that, if that makes sense, which I feel like works in all of a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You got to know what you like and how you like it done so yeah. that you can instruct them how to do it as well. Hilarious. But I feel like it just thing to like have to kind of learn that because like I said it's not like I grew up training in that like there wasn't like a class I took that taught me how to do that but then to your other point there were times and a lot of my partners I didn't get to that point because they really was just about getting them to learn dance steps and be able to perform those well there was no time to teach them how to lead me so then that's where like crazy Lindsay came into play where literally I'm back leading I'm pulling them across Mm -hmm. the floor wow yeah yeah But also, that's fine, too. I mean, uh, you kind of just do whatever works. Well, it also kind of
1: flips the script, too, because it's like, oh, wait, look, all of these female pros are leading their male partners, at least for the first few weeks.
2: Oh, 100 percent. I think it is the funniest thing to like if you go back and watch like your favorite dance with your favorite um, girl pro and Mm -hmm. guy celebrity and watch, you will see that the girl pro is one million percent counting the. Pushing. Counting for them <laughs> pushing you will see all of their I don't think my arms have ever gotten a better workout than while they were, <laughs> than while I'm on Dancing with the Stars like yeah. literally you are pushing and not only that you are talking them through the movements I mean cue words counting the music for them yelling <laughs> like it's just there's a lot a lot of that going on but it's so fun like that is My favorite thing about every season is how every season is different because you have a different partner with different skills, different abilities, strengths, weaknesses, and having to like learn how they work and learn how they function. And it's almost like you have to figure out the right formula for every single partner, which keeps it very exciting. And one of my favorite things about doing the show.
1: Amazing. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. You said that they don't usually let you know until like very soon before so most of the cast like there have been leaks that ariana maddox is going to be on this season but like she probably doesn't even know like nobody knows
2: so with the celebrities it's different some celebrities are signed on months before some are signed on days before some are signed on the week after everybody else has started and they're joining late to the party so it's different for the celebrities But at the same time, like things change so quickly. Like I know there's been so many times where a celebrity was signed on and then they drop out days before and they're Mm -hmm. scrambling to find somebody else. So I think with the celebrities, it's all different. But with the pros, it's very last minute because of that, because they don't Mm. pick the pros until they have their celebrities locked in. Right, if right, that right, makes right. Sense.
1: Yeah, know that makes a lot of sense.
2: So much of it is like, oh, well, we have this really young kid. Who do we want to pair them with? Or we have this really old guy. Which pro do we want to put that with? So <laughs> they lock in their celebrities and then they'd assign and figure out which pros they're going to dance with. So that's why the pros kind of find out at the very last minute because they're still locking in the celebrities and everything. Mm-hmm. Got it.
0: So yeah. what you're saying is, ariana is going to be on um, <laughs> the next season no
1: we don't I know i haven't even
2: heard that rumor which is very exciting no so. she already
1: even put it to rest too that she's like i still don't know like it's not even probably true oh, too. yeah that's
2: probably true too like that's the thing with the celebrities it's very circumstantial i think they just kind of go off of they'll have a roster of like people that they're like we're we're looking at you for next season but then maybe they don't guarantee it because also with celebrities it's like you think about it They want to get the biggest names, Mm -hmm. so they don't want to sign people on too early and they'll be like, crap, we got a bigger name, but we don't have room for them because we already signed somebody on. So Mm. I think with celebrities, too, it's very different. But then if they have a celebrity, they absolutely want that's a huge name. They probably lock them in early because they want to make sure that they can get them on the season. I hope she's in and I I hope
1: she's with Val.
2: Oh, that would be a good pairing. Yeah, that would be a great pairing. That would be a
1: do you know yeah, so you don't right know there. who your partner would be this season yet.
2: No. Amazing. No, we don't we don't find out who our partner is until literally like minutes before meeting them. Maybe they give us a call <sighs> the night before, but like it's like it's very much
1: up in the air. Blind date vibes.
2: Yeah, I know, it really is. It literally is a blind I don't even want to call it blind date, it's blind marriage because yeah. you're not going on a <laughs> yeah. date. You're not getting You're not dating them and deciding if you want to go on another. You're Mm -hmm. getting married to them and that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there's no backing out. So it's it's blind marriage. So
0: who would be your dream person to work with? Like if you could choose any celebrity to train.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay. Very hard to say. I feel like I have a couple, but only because of my teenage dreams. And that's either Zac Efron or Channing Tatum because they were in like the best dance movies when I was growing up. Yes. Yes.
0: they it would, would have amazing. a leg up and they would always yes. always be charming. Mm-hmm. Always. I could and see you falling in love, crying. probably leaving your yes. husband.
2: <laughs> I think my husband would understand for Channing Tatum or he, he dad has dad to. Run. He'd be like, Yeah. You got it, babe. You go for it.
1: <laughs>
2: it's not no, a hall yeah, pass, it's
1: a leaving dream. me pass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so funny. And true, though. Probably. Tree, though. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can yeah. people find you and follow you and see what you're up to?
2: Yes, thank you for having me. Um, you can follow me at lindsarnold Arnold on Instagram, TikTok. I'm like, what are the others? Twitter. I'm like, I don't go on that Tumblr, anymore. Yeah, nothing there. yeah Tumblr. <laughs> um, and then if you want to, um, you can start my workout program. We have a seven-day free trial. Um, you can go to movementclub.com.
1: Oh, I will be doing that.
2: Yes, please come to the trial. I wasn't like... I always try to like say without being like too crazy. Like, why wouldn't you do the seven day free trial? Like, I do every free trial, and I understand because sometimes you forget to like cancel the trial. But like, set a calendar invite, set -hmm. a reminder. But I'm like, I also am like, I'm pretty sure you're gonna enjoy it. So start the seven day free trial, check it out. We've got something for literally everybody. So highly recommend giving it a shot.
0: I mean, honestly, I don't want to be weird or anything, but if I could just look at your face and you're the one guiding me, I feel like I would do anything you say. You're so nice. I, well, I really I hope, mean it. I hope
2: that's how people feel. I love, <laughs> like, that's the fun part is it's, like, so, like, personal. I always, I always am bummed. on like, I say it in my videos, too, sometimes. I'm, like, you're killing this. I wish I could
0: see you. Like, I wish we were yeah. together. Like, yeah. this is the
2: closest we can get to working out together at home Yeah,
0: so, and that's the beauty yeah. of a parasocial relationship. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> um, no, thank you so much for coming on. We can't wait to see this upcoming season. And we're so excited for everything that you've been doing. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you. You guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to DST at Betches.com to get them answered. And follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram.
0: If you like this episode, please write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch at shop.betches.com. Rate, review, subscribe. And of course, follow me at Lubination. Follow me at Remy Casimir. Follow Lindsay. And remember, we're always with you through Thick and Thin.
1: Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali
0: Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.